remember to obey the law of Moses, which is our foundations, my servant. All the decrees and regulations I gave him, I, the Lord, gave him on Mount Sinai of all for all Israel. Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah, who ended up being 400 years later, John the Baptist. I'm sending him before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children. Say hearts of fathers or hearts of parents to their children. Amen. And the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. I, I want to speak to you on the subject, ministry to children. Ministry to children. Father, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give all of us, all of us, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of a heart being enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling. Help us to know what is the riches of the glory of your inheritance that is in each and every one of us who are your saints, who are your called out ones. And help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe that's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And then, Father, I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom or Brian's wisdom but demonstration, a spirit of power that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of any human being, but in the power of God. Get glory in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, those of you, as you know, we, we, I really feel like we are reopening the church, that we are um, reinventing the church, re representing our church to Many in the community, many who are first-time guests, many who are, are new here, uh, we, we, we want to be on the same page. And so uh, one of the things that uh, we have for our church is a mission statement. The word mission comes from a Latin word, which means to send. And so we, we understand why 95 years ago, when we celebrated our 95th uh, year as a church, in Cambridge, God has been gracious to us, uh, and we uh, understand that God sent us to Cambridge. He established his church in Cambridge. Why? Because our, our mission is to restore lives broken by the consequences of sin to the place where these same very broken lives give glory to God. And our, basically our shot, uh, what I call our elevator mission, meaning that if we had to say what our church is all about between the first floor and the second floor of an elevator, simply restoring broken lives, which is found in Job chapter 2, verse 25, where God said, I will restore the years that the devil, or the canker worm, the caterpillar has eaten. And so God has the ability to restore years. And we, we, we wanted, so people may say, okay, well, what's the priority of Pentecostal Tabernacle? If that's your mission, what's our priority? And our priority as a church is church on Sunday, meaning bringing people back into the house of the Lord. Uh, the Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, Elder Roy quoted, let us go into the house of the Lord. And, and so we are really doing all that we can to make sure that you can get in the house of the Lord, whether it's up here or in the lower sanctuary or online. We want to make sure that you're in the house of the Lord, but if you can be physically in the house, that's what we're trying to do uh, to the glory of God. And then uh, our other priority is children's ministry, which is what we are going to talk about today. Next week, uh, congregational care, meaning how can we care for each other as believers? Uh, Jesus Christ said in John chapter 13, which we have been going through as a as a morning prayer group, uh, we'd be going through John 13 last week, and next uh, this week, rather, we'd be going through John 14. But Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love each other as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And he said, by this, by your love for each other, not, not by your love for me, but by your love for one another, people will know that you are my followers. Oh, 
Based on your action, I'm already, I'm already meddling next week. Based on your action, can people, based on your actions to people in this church. Thank you, whoever that child was. <laughs> Could people tell that you are a follower of Jesus? And then um, Easter Sunday, we're going to talk about community care and how we need to be our brother's keeper, that we need to be, we need to people be people who care for people outside of this room. Ooh, it's quiet in this church already. And so therefore, as we talk about children's ministry, I, I just want to pause and say that I'm really excited, we're really excited that uh, we're pleased to announce that next week, that is April 10th, we are creating more space for our children's and youth ministry starting next Sunday, April 10th. We'll, amen. We'll be converting uh, the first floor fellowship hall space into three classrooms. This will allow for age groups from the nursery to the fifth grade to meet for children and youth ministry program, programming simultaneously and consistently. And that's the key word, consistently. Our Sunday service overflow space, which is on the first floor, lower sanctuary, will be relocated to a separate space so that people can still uh, worship who are unable to be up here. So uh, mark your calendars, it's April 10th that we're going to do a test run. Um, and then after April 10th, which is of course Palm Sunday, Easter, we will have no children's church because we wanna be together to worship the resurrection of our Lord and that is on Easter, April 17th. Um, and then after April 17th, uh, on the 24th, we will, we will consistently meet our children from grades fifth grade to uh, from nursery to fifth grade will consistently meet such to, starting the 24th of April all the way through the end of June. So if you have any further questions or inquiries about what I just announced, please you can there's two emails you can hit. You can either email mail at ptspice.org and we'll make sure that the information gets straight to our Director of Children's Youth and Families, uh, well, our Director of Children and Families, Yolanda uh, uh, Ramsier, and our Director of Youth, uh, Jessica Green. Or you can just email families at ptspice.org. And so we really wanna thank everybody here uh, for your contribution towards the successful growth of our children. And what growth is that? Their growth in their life's journey with Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. So um, you'll be continu continually hearing more about that. Um, what struck me here is verse six, where he says, his preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers unless I come and strike the land with a curse. We said last week that the word curse means, in the, in the Greek, one of the definitions of the word curse, and it's interesting that the last word in the Old Testament, the last word in the Old Testament before the Lord speaks to his people 400 years later, the last word is curse. I, I certainly don't want to end a story with a curse. But this word curse means one of the definitions, it has many definitions, but one of the definitions that struck me is that it means a net for a thing or a, even more, a person that's to be destroyed. A net for a thing or a person that's to be destroyed. So we find that you know, the, the enemy wants to put a net over our 
minds and over our thinking. The, the, notice, a net for a person or thing to be destroyed, to be destroyed. Why you say it's the enemy? Because John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said in his word, I've come, the, sorry, he said the thief, the thief that is the devil comes to steal, to kill, and what? Destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so the enemy, he tries to put over your head, you're thinking, the, the net of discouragement, the net of disappointment, the net of uh, what I call the orphan spirit, meaning that nobody cares for you. I'm all alone. Uh, the net of negative thinking, the net I mean, the net of anger. There's so many things that enemy tries to put over your head, or better yet, as we say in, in the world, put over you. He, 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 wants to, he wants to destroy you by destroying your thinking. Here's a deep thing. This word curse also means a trap. A trap. Folks, the purpose of a trap is to make sure that you don't see the trap. Now, I may kind of gross you up, but I think many of us experience. How many of you have ever had to put a mouse trap in your house? You don't want them critters rolling around, so you, you, put, a, you put a mouse trap, or, and usually the way you get people into the trap, is that you have to set bait. And some of us, the enemy is baiting us into his trap to destroy us. Oh, it's going to get deep up in here. Ah, uh, you, you, uh, you better fasten your seatbelts. In Luke chapter 8 and also Matthew 13, Jesus talks about uh, the seed which is the word of God, and it's sowed, and, we, and many of us know the story, but for those who are not familiar, it says some was sowed on uh, hard ground, some was sowed on the th amongst thorns, and then some was sowed, a planted seed was on, sowed on good ground, so that the, the, the seed that was sowed on good ground, and that's speaking of our hearts, that produced a harvest tenfold, ten times the amount of the seed, 50 times, 100 times the amount of the seed. Here's, here's the thing that's deep that, that the Lord showed me as I was up early, very early this morning, is waiting before him for some more revelation. He said, Brian, you, you, need to, you need to sit up a little bit closer. He said, Brian, every week the enemy has set traps for people in PT. Ooh. Everybody say every week. Every week. I was going to say trap for the saints, for believers, but I want to talk about the church that I pastor. Every week. Every week. Well, what do you mean? Yep. Man, oh, man I am preaching up in here. Many of you are sitting here with traps, nets on your head, and you don't even recognize it. Woo. And that's the point. Fishermen go fishing with a net at night so that the fish can't see the net coming. Woo. Some of you, you're looking for the net coming, but it's already on your head. Mm, I am preaching. You ain't going to like what I'm about to say. Ooh, see, see, he, so he says, he says, he says, the seed that fell on hard ground, it had little soil. Ooh, and so when the word first came, they received it with joy. Woohoo! Yeah! You better preach. Yes! And then, I'll use different translation. It said, but then when pressure came. When trouble came. When difficulty came. When 
hard times came, they were offended. Do you know what the word offend means? It is a Hebrew word, scandalizo. I believe there was a television show called Scandal. I haven't seen it, but Scandal. Do you know that that word Scandal is that word offended? And the word offended or scandalizo means entrapped. Oh, you need to come to me. You need to come to me. Every time you are offended, you have been entrapped. I'm leaving the church because of fill in the blank. I don't talk to this person anymore because of fill in the blank. I don't get along with my spouse anymore because of fill in the blank. You have been scandalized. And therefore, everywhere you go, you almost look to be offended. Now, I'm going to talk about me. That way you don't get offended. Because you already are. A few hours from now, a week ago, many of us who don't pay attention to rich, prideful, arrogant people celebrating each other. All of a sudden, we see on our devices, we see on the news that something happened at the Oscars that drew everybody's attention. Turn to your name and say, he's talking about himself. Tell that person, so don't get mad. We saw Chris Rock made a humorous joke out of the fact that Will Smith's wife was bald. And it's amazing how, I just want to pause here, I'm just going to say this. It's amazing how we, we want grace, but we give other people the law. We want to be judged by our intentions, including I made a mistake, but others we want to judge by their action and don't even give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll just say this. So when Chris Rock cracked that joke, most people were saying, how could he crack that joke knowing that Will Smith's wife had a disease? And then we found out later that Chris Rock did not know she had a disease. Now, some of you may say, sure, he's a liar. But you know, unlike you, the Smith's life is not the drawing orbit of other people's lives. And as I was looking at different things, a lot of famous people, well, no people said, I didn't know. And so for those of you who are not aware, see, I'm not going to assume you were. When he cracked a joke, Will Smith 
in front of 15 million people watching on television, walked up to the stage, slapped Chris Rock in his face, went back down, and Chris Rock is stunned like, dude, what? It was just a joke, and it wasn't even a bad joke. It, it, was, it was, I mean, if you talk to millennials and Gen Zs, they don't even know who G.I. Jane is. You, you almost have to be, either watch reruns or... <laughs> and then he yelled out twice, keep my wife's name out of your blankety-blank mouth. He said the F word, wasn't faith. And... <laughs> what, ooh, ooh, ooh. But, but, but here, so... I'm talking about me, so he's talking about himself. I got worked up. I got worked up. So I was following, what does this person have to say about him? What does this person have to say about him? What does this person have to say about him? Don't, no, don't, no. Keep your hands down. Point, point, point to your name and say, he's talking about himself. Okay? Tell him he's not talking about you. He's talking about himself. And I, this is not me. I very, very rarely do this. But I was so upset. I started putting comments. <laughs> Say he's talking about himself. Say he's talking about himself. I started putting on comments. And my comments were so good <laughs> that I was getting alerts like, somebody like your comment. Somebody like your comment. I said, yeah! <laughs> now, some of you all may say, well, what, what did you have to say, Bishop? I would tell you, except after about, I wish I was spiritual like you who would just sense the Lord immediately, but after about three days of finding out what everybody under the sun said, the Lord said to me, let me tell you what I think seeing that you didn't ask me. <laughs> the Lord said to me, why are you offended? She ain't your wife. You didn't get slapped. So why are you offended? And then he said, even if you are offended, even if you have a good reason to be offended, in my eyes, you have no right to be offended. So, as Sister Delia lawyer in our church preached a wonderful message on the midnight prayer. The Lord said to me, Brian, you have the right to remain silent. Turn your name and say, neighbor. You really don't have to make a comment. I sensed conviction moving throughout our congregation. You don't have to put your mouth in everything. Oh, this is deep. Let's see, 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 see. Again, you can feel, you can feel, you can feel free of guilt. Those of you online, don't worry because this is what he talked to me. Then the Lord, oh Jesus, I have to sla slap me five, but I have to slap you five under the conviction that the Lord said to me, Brian, you're more concerned, mm, you're more concerned about what happened to Chris as opposed to what happened to Christ. It would be interesting, Brian if you commented more on what happened to me 
Then what happened to Chris? It's quiet in this Pentecostal church. Turn to him and say, neighbor, you have the right to shut your mouth. Why do you feel compelled that you always have to comment? The proverb says you are snared, trapped by the words of your mouth. You wonder why you can't get out of the trap? Some of us need, you know, uh, some of the women in our church, they're doing some exercise, getting in shape thing. And part of it is that you have to journal all the things that you do. I went to my dentist, and I have to rebuke her. Uh, she was saying, you need to take a gyre of all the things that you eat because, uh, and um, I just, anyways. Uh, some of us need to take a journal about what comes out of our mouths. How many times you've said certain words? Because what has happened is that the seeds of your words have taken you into a place where you don't want to be. That's why David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep his praise in my mouth instead of other people. So the way we cut the net, the way we cut this net is by using the word of God because Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says that the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the two to divide the soul. And, and spirit, joint, and marrow, and the word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. The word will cut right to the core and say, you know why you said what you said about him or her, is because there's something in your heart that has deceived you into thinking that you have a right to put their names on your tongue. Woo! And the only thing that's gonna turn our, turn our thinking around, because the Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, 35, your mouth is going to speak. You're going to speak what's out of your heart. So we need the word of God in our hearts and in our minds so that Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove that God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. So the way we get rid of the curse, the Lord told me, is we've got to use the word to cut the net that's around people's lives. And in particular, we use, we, we bless people to cut the net of the curse. See, the word bless, one of the definitions of the word bless is to speak words that empower a person for success. And Elder Roy and I did not talk about it uh, uh, before. I didn't even know what he was going to do. Uh, we had the little uh, 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 table set. Next thing you know, I, I looked like Elder Roy was me serving drinks for communion. And I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. But the point is, is that, that when he went, this, this is the principle. This is the principle that if you run your life by this, the law will, the law will, will prosper your life. And this is the principle. You honor previous generations and you bless following generations. <laughs> Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 says, honor your parents. And we saw Elder Roy honor Mother Cummings. We honor, uh, you know, Mother Green is a rock star. See, see, see. Okay, come on. Stop you mother green groupies. My brother and I said, my mother said, you're always trying to kill me. You know, we're just trying to prepare. We're trying to prepare. My brother and I have this conversation. He said, you know, if, if Jesus should tarry and the Lord should take our mother, my brother and I said, we're going to have to have our own private grieving time because during the wake, Half of you all go, ah, she was like a mother to me too. And we're going to have to hold you up. And my point is, is that we honor them. 
We honor them. Proverbs 31 says that the, 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 the woman who, who is the, uh, what's he called? The, the virtuous woman. The, uh, the Proverbs 31 woman. They said her children rise up and call her blessed. That we honor previous generations. Like Elder Roy was honoring Elder uh, Pastor Green. And we honor Mother Dalton. We honor Mother Brown. We honor uh, Dad Cummings. And, and the list of Mother Watson. We honor them. You always hear me talking about you. We honor generations before us. And we bless the generations after us. Blessings are so important that if, read it for yourself in, in Genesis chapter 27 when Esau's blessing was stolen by his brother Jacob, he wept bitter tears. We should be blessing, at least as a baby boomer, I should be blessing no, Xers and millennials and Gen Zs. I, I want to bless them. I want to bless them. Who have you blessed? These millennials, hey, blah, 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 blah. these Gen Zs, rah, 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 rah. when I was their age, rah, 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 rah. and I've said to the Lord, Lord, I didn't say to the Lord, but I said, I'm, I'm going to say to the Lord, help me not to be that guy who says, get off my lawn. I don't want to be the get off my lawn. When I was their age, blah, 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 blah. We had one of these conversations, my wife and I uh, and, and Sister Debbie. Yeah, when we were their age, uh, uh, television went off at 2 o'clock. Anybody remember that, 2 in the morning? Television went off. The people like, television went up. Yeah, television went off. You would hear, dur, 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 dur. And, then, and if you're clapping, you realize that you're old. There was only three channels. ABC, ABC, CBS, and NBC. That was it. And then, woo, PBS came along. But you millennials ain't want to hear that. When I was your age, I used to watch it. Let's just bless them. Let's, let's allow them to think that the world didn't start till they came along. I want what, what I've been raised in church, and there were there were some sweet saints, sweet church people, and there were some sour church people. Can I get a witness? Anybody know? And I discover that the people who were dressed more like church people were the meaner people. Can I get a witness? No, that hand went up right away. And, 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 and I, I, I got a word of wisdom for you millennials and Gen Zs. I'm going to help you. Turn and talk to me. He says, he's going to help you. And oh, even you teenagers, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. You see me. Look at me. I'm going to help you. An old, miserable person was once a young, miserable person. I didn't think so. See, when I was your age, these old people, why can't they be like this person? And then, as I got older, the people who used to hang around with you, like, man, you're always complaining. You're always griping. You're always wrong with you. But now that they are older and they have children and now they're grandparents, I was like, wow. You are always miserable. And then it was like, wow. So that means Mother Sourpuss, Mother Lemon was, oh, she was always miserable. And so when Mother Miserable, our dad Grumpy, passes away, we just say like, wow. <laughs> but when People would, a sweet spirit. There's, oh, I'm going to miss them. And, oh, uh, let me tell you something. When I die, 
I want to be missed. I, I, wa- I mean, I won't be able to see, but I want to be missed. Okay, okay. So I'm doing things now to be missed. Because if you haven't done anything for anybody, I'm dating myself. You can Google the song by Billy Preston. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Ooh. Ooh. So when we talk about, I'm going to go through this real fast, but my goal is I want children to love God's house. I want, I want children to love God's house. And there's four things that happen when you come in God's house. There's four things I want to make sure you receive. If you want to know what's Bishop trying to do, here's the four things I want you to understand. When you come in this house as a child, I want you to get four things. Number one, I want you to get community. Number two, I want you to get answers anointed from the Holy Spirit answers. Number three, I want you to, 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 to focus on God. And number four, which we don't talk about unfortunately enough, is that I want you to understand that your life does not consist of your 60 or 70 or 80 years here. Your life is eternal. And we have to think of the long run because Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 20 and 21, he says, store your things in heaven where the enemy and moths and thieves cannot get to it. We are so hooked up in the here and now that we forgot that we are going to live forever. So let me, so the first thing about the sea is community. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they continued steadfastly the common English Bible says, in community. And I want to show you a picture. Can you, can you go back to there's a, the first picture? Ah. Ah. This was, I think it was Easter, looks like Easter 1995. And so, on the bottom to the left is the woman who was leading worship <laughs> at three years old. She will be 30 this year. Then there's, next to her is Kendra Plummer, Elder Ken and Sister Debbie's daughter. Then there's Vanessa next to her who was worshiping, then there's uh, uh, over Vanessa, there's Lisa Ray who just got married last, in the, not a few months ago, Lord have mercy. Then there's uh, in the blue suit jacket, there's Matthew Plummer, Sister Debbie's uh, uh, son and Elder Ken's son. He's six foot four, six foot five. Uh, and then I think that is Jasmine. Jasmine, uh, Daisy's cousin. Then there's, uh, with the bow tie, there is Roy Ray III, who has been married going on two years. And then at the top is the beautiful, gorgeous woman who emceed our service. That's Corinne. Now you say, why did you put them there? Next picture. What am I saying? Lisa got married, and this has been her community for 27 years. This is what I want for our kids, that when you get older, these are my ride or dies. And it's funny, when I put up the picture there, Sister Debbie said, wait a minute, what about you and me? <laughs> because we've been, we never dreamed that we would be doing this together. 
We've been friends 63 years. And then we go back with our parents and her dad was in my parents' wedding. And you have generations of community. And I'm watching as I'm seeing guys, uh, the guys who, guys who are on, uh, was it, the Teen Bible Quiz? Uh, any of you guys here, Teen Bible Quiz? Stand, stand, stand up, stand up, you three. Yeah. 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 Amen. You may be seated. And PG and PJ and Caleb, my point is, is that I want, them to, I want you to be friends for life. Friends for life. So I want to create a community where even if you live on different parts of the country, you know, Zach could always call Evan. Evan can call Kennedy and say, hey, pray for me. Have you ever one of those friends that you haven't seen for a long time, but when you see them, you like, it's like you picked up where you left off. That, that's what we're trying to create here. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We, we want to plant seeds. And the youth ministry, their, their, their vision is to plant seeds in the life of our sixth graders to 12th graders. What the seeds mean? Spark a relationship with God and each other. Encourage freedom, E, encourage freedom in Christ. E, equip with the Bible, which is God's word. Develop their skills and their talents. Some of you don't even know that some of our young people work the sound equipment, media. And amen, amen. We're, we're, we're going to, I tell you, and, and to have them step out into their purpose. We just want to plant seeds. The Bible says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, Matthew chapter 17. I don't know if you can catch this on the video for our viewers, but see this penny? The, to the left and the right, is a mustard seed. God says, all you have to do is plant one of these little mustard seeds in faith and you'll see a harvest. So I want to plant the seed right now. I want every child, every child, my daughter said to me, Dad, you're going to, you're going to, that's kind of expensive. I said, yeah. But I want every child ages four to eight. If you're here, I want you to follow. The, the, the welcome team is going to give you direction. But I, I, want, to, I want to plant the seed. So if, you're, if you are four to eight, I, I want you to come up right now. For, welcome team, four to eight. Uh, come up right now. Time's slipping here, so, yep, we got, we got money for you, four to eight, four to eight, unless you don't want that, see, I tell you, Bio, you trained your son really well, he's like, I ain't waiting for anybody, ah, yes, Woo! oh, Lordy, yep, 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 oh, boy, big, they're coming up from downstairs now. They'll be coming from the east. Boy. I think some of these kids are coming from the streets. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think we, we got them all. Ah. Okay. Did I get them all? Okay. And then we have, if you are 9 to 13, 9 to 13, if you're between 9 and 13, 9 to 13, 
I'm making it rain, boy, 9 to 13. 9 to 13. 9 to 13. 9 to 13. They're like, I love this church. 9 to 13. 9. You should see the eyes of 9 to 13. 9 to 13. Nine. You can come up. 9 to 13. 9 to 13. 9 to 13. There you go. 9 to 13. Did I think I get everybody? Uh, 9 to 13? Okay. All right. Okay. And then we have 14 to 17. And you know I can't have the 14 and 17-year-olds coming up for $2. They'd be like, ain't worth the walk. So, 14 to 17, you got, you got 14, 14, they're like, oh yeah, 14 to 10, oh boy, 14 to 17, well they're coming out of that, oh wait a minute, no, all right, yeah, you ain't, you all are smart. These are the smart kids. They were like, you ain't. Ah, there you go. Oh, you, you didn't have to shake my hand, but thank you. Oh, boy, this is a good time to go to church. Yeah. Yeah. I see you, Alex. Okay. Okay. Now, you may say, what was all that about? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Sunday school teachers? Any Sunday school teachers? Huh? Come on up, Sunday school. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yolanda? Yeah. Says, your hard work is noticed. Thank you. Your hard work is noticed. You're, yeah, you're hard. <laughs> Your hard work is noticed. You're Jessica, come on. I think we got, do we get ever? Yeah, yeah. Your hard work is noticed. Your hard work is noticed. Your hard work, did he get a $2 already? Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your hard work is noticed. Now, we need more volunteers for our children. And I would say, hey, if you want to volunteer, could you just sign up? But I'll tell you what. I'm going I'm to plant the seed right now. If you're like, you know what? I want to volunteer to help. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher. You could be a setup person. But we need more help. And so I got five left, gift cards. If someone is planning on signing up, come up for this gift card. Is, is, do I have any takers that's going to help? Going to help with the kids. I have three more now. We, 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 we got you recorded on TV, so. <laughs> Amen. You, you may say, and I, I think I'm going to stop there. But first of all, I want to commend you teachers and volunteers. During the pandemic, remember, we were saying that our healthcare workers were our heroes. You, you individuals who work to cultivate a relationship with God for our children. You all are our heroes. God bless you. I, I want us to 
I want us to stand at this time. They say, well, why did you go through all that? Because I, I wanted to prophetically plant a seed in the hearts of our children. And this is the seed. I'm a witness. My wife's a witness. Our children are witnesses that it pays to go to church. I said it pays to go to church. I can't tell you how much trouble I stayed out of because the Sunday school teachers and the sermons that were preached was sown in my heart and kept me out of trouble. Kept me from becoming an alcoholic of what some of my friends did. Kept me from drug addiction. Kept me from having children all over Cambridge who I may not even know. And I did that because I want you as children to know that your pastor wants to be a father that turns your hearts towards your parents and turns your hearts to God. So I want, to, I, want, I want us to create a culture in this church of blessing, a culture of blessing. The kids are going through such a horrible season when it comes to this pandemic. I've never seen a season when you've seen in the news so many fights and so many kids trying to commit suicide. And it, it is tough to be a child. And it's, it is even just as tough to be a teacher. And so I want us just to pray right now. Just want to give you a minute before I close out. And if you're near a child, it may be your child or you just maybe their child, you know, if you can just slightly point to them, if you know the child, then that's a whole other story, but point to that child right now. The Bible says that God's house should be called a house of prayer. And for the next two or three minutes, maybe you're watching online and you're watching with your child, you can lay your hands on your child. Maybe you don't have any children, but you can point in the direction of the screen. But let's just take a few minutes to pray right now on behalf of children, on behalf of children. And then um, I'm, I'm going to ask, see if I can get Mike 10. I think my battery went dead here. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just pray. Oh, thank you. children. Let's pray over our children. We pray over our children. Thank you, Jesus. Bless our children, Lord. Strengthen us. We glorify you, Jesus. Let this be a place that they can call home, that the house of God can be called home. 
Yes, yes. Wow, this is beautiful. I sense the sincerity. You're in the lower sanctuary, though we can't see you. There's children down there. Point your hands to them. Lay your hands on them. Pray. You have no idea what your prayers are doing for these children. I'm going to put her on a spot. Uh, Tara, I'm going to ask you to come and pray. Um, Tara had been a blessing to me as a pastor uh, where her heart was burdened to restart our Sunday school and God used her to set up the Sunday school and now Yolanda's taken it uh, to another place. But it had a start. And I, I, Tara, I will always be grateful to you. I will always be grateful to you. Her children are no longer. I mean, now she has men. <laughs> and yet, she still is involved in the lives of children. So I'm going to ask you to lead us in prayer on behalf of our children. And, and this is just going to, we're, we're going to be a church that, by the grace of God, people are going to look at that church on the corner of Perry and Magazine and on the corner of Columbia and Washington and say, that, that's a church that cares about children. I don't know how we're going to do it, but I'm praying that by the end of my pastorate, there will be a culture in this church for children. And I'll end with this, and then you can pray. Our children do not simply need a Christian education. They need a Christ encounter. I don't care how much Bible we give them, if they don't have an encounter with Jesus, all is lost. That's what this room is for, an encounter with Jesus that they will never be able to unsee what they saw, which is the glory of God. God bless you. Uh, if you're able to, and it's okay if you're not, but if you're able to, you can join me on your knees just that we come to God beseeching him on behalf of our kids in humility. Abba, good father, we come to you on our knees, humbled by our love for our children, not our biological children, but every baby that walks in this church, every confused and angry teenager that walks in this church, every angsty tween that walks in this church, every lonely five-year-old that walks in this church, every kid who's known Jesus since they could talk, and every kid who's never heard the name of Jesus that walks in this church, we love them, God. And we are so grateful that you picked this place for them to come. We're humbled that you would even let us be a part of that. God, we lift up each of them to you, knowing they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you knit them together in their mother's wombs, God, that you have a plan and a purpose for each of them, that they are created in your beautiful image, that each of them is creative because you are creative, that each of them is brilliant because you are brilliant, that each of them is capable of mercy and kindness and joy and dancing and delight because that is who you are. That's in your nature and you put it in theirs. God, forgive us for every way we're a stumbling block to any of that. We remove it in the name of Jesus. If we're supposed to be serving and we're not, we say sorry and we're signing up. If we know we're supposed to be praying and we don't go to prayer, Get us there, God. We give you permission to get everything out of the way so that these kids can experience the joy of being made in the image of the Most High God. God, I pray for their friendships, that every child in here would know they are loved and friends with you, that they have five adults in this building who they consider a trustworthy friend and mentor. I pray that they would have 
three to five really good friends in this church who encourage them and love them and play with them and kick soccer balls with them and read the Bible with them and someday walk down the aisle with them. God, I pray that some of these kids will get married and have amazing uh, relationships and families, Lord. I pray most of all that not a moment of their life goes by that they do not know that they are your favorite, that you delight in them. And when the world mocks them or makes them feel like yuck, even when their parents mess up and we make them feel like yuck, I pray they feel and experience, not just in their heads, but in their whole beings, that they are your favorite. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. Could you put your hands out? I want to bless you. Thank you for being so patient, but I think our children were worth it. On Friday, um, every Thursday we uh, fast, we turn down our plates to pray specifically for our children. And then at... Uh, 7 o'clock p.m. from 7 o'clock to 7.30 on Thursday. There's a Zoom call uh, just to pray for families. And so um, I, I just implore you to help me develop a culture of blessing children. And, and again, parents, bless your children. Bless your children. Speak words of life. As I was med meditating on this sermon, I realized that I had been a long time since I blessed my adult children. They're all this year, they'll all be in their 30s. And yet I wanted to make sure I blessed them. And this was the interesting thing. I wanted also to make sure they saw me as their father, bless their mother. Dads, husbands, bless your wives. Wives, bless your husbands so that your children can see that your house is a blessing. Even bless the dog and the cat. <laughs> Put out your hands, those of you who are not familiar with this church, we end not with a closing prayer. We end with a closing blessing based on Numbers chapter 6, verse 26 to 24 to 26. Whether you're in this building or online or in the lower sanctuary, put out your hands to receive the blessing of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine, grin, and beam, and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, which means kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you this week his favor. His favor will promote you, that is, move you forward. His favor will appreciate you, not depreciate you. His favor will support you. His favor will side for you as you side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his composure, his prosperity, and his success. And may the Lord remove everything and anything this week that causes agitation or disharmony and discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. I, as God's representative in this church at this moment, bless you. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and everybody say, I receive that blessing. Have an amazing week in the Lord. God bless you. See you on Palm Sunday this Sunday. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.